0: Hello, welcome to the Gay Love Coach Radio Show. I'm Dr. Brian Ripsinski, and I'm a psychotherapist and dating and relationship coach specializing with the LGBT community. My website is thegaylovecoach.com, and I thank you once again for joining us for another episode. Well, my friends, I unfortunately wanted to share with you that uh, I have decided to close up shop on the Gay Love Coach Radio Show. I've decided to discontinue the show and pursue some other projects that I have cooking, um, but I have very much enjoyed doing this program, and I have completely appreciated all of the support and you know being a fan and being a, a loyal listener to the program. I hope that you found it helpful, uh, if not entertaining. <laughs> and I, I just wanted to thank you very much uh, for, for being a part of this um, whole process with me. Thank you so much. And I I thought that maybe a good way to close the whole show would be to do another cocktail talk where I respond to some advice column letters that have come in. So why don't we sit back, relax, and listen as we talk about a few letters that came in in regards to sexual fantasies, Um, speaking with somebody whose partner has developed a friendship with another guy outside the relationship, And we talk a little bit about new love and age differences as they pertain to dating relationships. So let's listen in. Hello, we are back for another segment of Cocktail Talk. Uh, I am on the air here with my lovely assistant, Andrea Eplin. She is from the Quad Cities area, and she has a bachelor's degree in communications and a master's degree in education. Hey, Andrea.
1: Hello. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. Got your cocktail in hand? Uh, Not today. We are drinking virgin today. I'm at home with my uh, two-year-old son, so I just want to apologize in advance if he comes barreling into the interview and taking charge. (laughs) He could be our little (laughs) junior assistant. (laughs) I'm like, maybe Mommy doesn't need to tell you what we're talking about today. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. (laughs) We'll
0: just plug his ears. (laughs) Okay. So, um... Is there any uh, and anything else that you wanted to share about your background?
1: Um, basically, I just specialize in uh, communications, especially interpersonal communications, as in uh, different types of relationships between people and groups. So this, you know, type of discussion and interview is something I look, really look forward to and really enjoy. So looking forward to getting started. Awesome. And
0: I also wanted to thank you, too. Um, Andrea has been with me since the very beginning of these cocktail talks, so I just wanted to thank you for you know, joining me all this time. You've been awesome.
1: Oh, well, no problem. It's been fun.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So let's jump into this bad boy. What's the first advice column letter that we have today?
1: All right. Dear Dr. Brian, I have recently met the most amazing guy who is totally into me in a big way. We communicate well together and have a lot in common, and our sex life is great, too. My only concern is that one of his fantasies is to see me having sex with another man. Although this for him is only a fantasy, I feel uncomfortable about the whole scenario. Call me old-fashioned, but I am 100% committed to my partner, and I find it difficult to even think about being with another guy, even within a fantasy world. How do I portray this to him without causing disappointment? Oh, I love talking about sexual fantasies. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite topic. (laughs) Yeah. Well...
0: I, I think it's really important to, and I think a lot of people confuse this, but there's a really big difference between fantasy and reality. And I think that I, I can appreciate where this person is coming from. You know, they they love their partner. They want to be um, their partner's number one. And so when they, you know, discover that their partner's thinking about other things, it kind of, you know, feels like a little bit of a slap and it makes you feel, you know, perhaps a little bit insecure that maybe you're not as special to your partner as you think. But I think that that's a really big fallacy. We all have sexual fantasies. It doesn't mean that we necessarily want to act upon them, but they, you know, certainly are like the spice of life. You know, for example, for me, <laughs> I've always kind of <laughs> had this fantasy of being gang banged by a muscular baseball team. <laughs> it doesn't mean that I want it to happen. Well, well, maybe, Why but. baseball?
1: Why maybe. baseball? That's <laughs> what I want to <laughs> But any other is, sports teams or just the baseball? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the point of it
0: is, is that it's just something that you know adds more spice, more titillation, but it doesn't necessarily mean that I ne- want to act on it. In fact, a lot of times, the fantasies are are better if they're not acted upon. They just they make the the erotic charge that much stronger. So, I think that you know with this particular person i don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to share with the partner that you know hey i'm i feel uncomfortable about this you know you definitely want to talk about your feelings about it but at the same time i think our fantasies are our own and i don't think that you know our partners should or can really control what goes on in our thoughts and i think that there really has to be that big distinction between fantasy and reality and maybe you know finding ways to integrate the fantasies into the relationship so that it, you know, adds even more spice and spark. What do you think?
1: Oh, I have a lot of thoughts on this one. Um, You know, first of all, I think fantasies, like you said, are completely common. Everybody has one. I don't care who you are. I mean, if you have a sex drive, you have a fantasy. That's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. Um, I think what these represent are a part of ourselves that we're not comfortable expressing, you know, in our real, regular lives. So right, maybe his partner, you know, really wouldn't want that to happen, but for some reason to him, this is a taboo, and maybe he is very committed, and the idea of his partner with another person would be just the most taboo thing that he could witness. Right. So for him, that becomes a fantasy, you right. know, and... You know, for me, you know, as long as we're being sharing here, um, (laughs) you tell, (laughs) you know, I am an extremely dominating person in real life, go figure. But, you know, in my sex life, I would like to, you know, have somebody be dominating towards me because I'm usually the aggressor, right? You know, so for me, like I was saying, it's acting out, you know, some part of myself that's in there, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's just not generally how i behave in my life so right you know i think maybe addressing that maybe realizing it's just a fantasy and it's not like his partner saying hey you have to go do this or i'm going to leave you you know it, it's a fantasy i mean and like you were saying find a way to talk about it or to you know realize it together like if he likes watching maybe you guys can make a video together Right. maybe it's not you with another person. Maybe it's just watching sex. I mean, you know, just try making a video or Or role
0: playing or something like that. Right,
1: right, exactly.
0: Or you could even write a story. You know, I I think that, and actually, I just want to touch on something too. I think you're very right about that, that a lot of times when we have fantasies, there's, there's usually something underneath that. There's something, it kind of expresses a dormant part of something within ourselves that that feels safer and gets expressed through a fantasy that we don't necessarily want to express in our real lives, but it's still a piece of us that needs some sort of an outlet. And a fantasy is, you know, the safest way to be able to express that. And if you can share that with your partner, that actually can, I think, create a deeper intimate connection with your partner because you're sharing something so vulnerable that you feel safe to be able to, you know experience that or share that with your partner so I think being able to communicate our sexual fantasies is really huge. Oh I agree I think this is a great question. <laughs> Me too and you know another thing but and I don't mean to go on and on about this but I love this topic <laughs> <laughs> but I think you know our culture is just so sexually repressed that a lot of us just don't feel comfortable talking about sex in general. I think with gay men in particular it I I think that's maybe less of an issue. Um, I think sometimes with lesbians, you know, there's that stereotypical bed death thing that they talk about. Mm -hmm. That could be a manifestation of that. But, you know, again, these are all generalizations. But I think that, you know, a lot of us do have a hard time talking about sex, articulating our sexual needs, telling our partners that because it just is so difficult and, you know, inhibiting. So one of the things that I usually do when I work with, on couples, and I've actually even done this in groups too, is <clears throat> to kind of start with an icebreaker of sorts. And it, this is really kind of funny, but what you, usually, what you do is you have each partner say out loud to each other all the different words or slang terms or verbiage, whatever, that the word sex conjures up or the male or the female anatomy conjures up. And so you basically just kind of go, you banter back and forth. So, you know, for sex, somebody would say the F word and then um, the next person would say mashing it. or You know, you just go back and forth, back and forth, saying and talking about all these, you know, really... So basically just word association. Exactly. Yeah. And then you do the same thing for, you know, the penis, for the vagina. And you just say that back and forth. And it's a great icebreaker because... You know, a lot of times we feel uncomfortable just saying those words. And it's hilarious when you do it. So it really breaks the ice. You're both cracking up. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's a really good exercise just to kind of break that ice. And then a couple of other things that I do too is um, do you remember as kids the little campfire stories that usually you did? You know, you you'd like all sit around a bonfire and – You know, one person would start a story, and then they would stop, and then the next person in line would start talking, you know, picking up the story where they left off, and then you just go round-robin, round and round, until you create this really elaborate story. Well, you can kind of do the same thing here, too. You and your partner can sit down, and you can, you know, one of you starts a sexual story, then you stop, and then the other person jumps in and, and continues with the story, and you just go back and forth, and it's a really funny (laughs) hilarious way to talk about sex to break that ice and it gets you both into a mode where actually it could even be very kind of
1: hot and sexy too (laughs) because you're able to kind of maybe express through your words some things that you're thinking but it's taken in light because of the situation you know and you know talking about these things that kind of desensitizes you and I think Exactly. you know what you're nailed it That's what you're ten- exactly right
0: exactly it's it's a whole desensitization process to where you start with these icebreakers and then you start moving your way up the ladder to more and more personal types of things so maybe the next exercise would be something like you know each partner would independently write a really graphic sexual fantasy and then come together and then share those fantasies with each other and come to some agreements about, you know, potentially acting each of these out. And, you know, you're just kind of, like you said, desensitizing. You're moving up the ladder where little by little you're getting comfortable talking about sex. You begin to articulate what your sexual needs are, and then you just start sharing them with each other, and it can really, you know, go a long way toward improving, you know, our sex lives. And, you know, kind of going back to this, this writer... Sexual fantasies can be very powerful, potent intimacy builders in a relationship. And um, now, granted, if this guy's partner said that he actually wants his partner to have sex with another guy with him watching, that's a whole other issue because then that's not a fantasy anymore. That's a, a reality. And this partner, or this guy and his partner, are going to really need to talk about boundaries and what they're comfortable with and what they're not comfortable with. And so they may need to, you know, arrive at some compromises or just, you know, flat out understand that this is, you know, a deal breaker for me with my sexuality. And, you know, I I think that's another important piece here, too. Sure.
1: So are we ready to move on to the second question? I think we are. I could talk
0: about this topic
1: forever. but yeah. Oh, I I know. That's why I figured I needed to stop (laughs) us. Otherwise, I have a whole other list of things to talk about. (laughs) All right. Let's start here. Uh, Dear Dr. Brian, I found out that my partner is having a friendship with another guy behind my back. I found out about it, and I've confronted him. His defense is everyone needs friends besides their partner, which I totally agree with. The thing that I disagree with is that he creates stories to cover up the friendship. I know he is attracted to this guy, but he convinced me that it will not go that way. I asked him if he can include me in the friendship, like talking to him by Skype at home when I'm around. It's a way to prove that their friendship is nothing, just more than friends. But he refused it and said it would be strange. However, I trust him that he will not have an affair. But it is already an affair, isn't it? Having fun or maybe an intimate conversation. What should I do? Oh, there's so many issues with this. I can't even. Totally. <laughs> you know, let me
0: ask you this first, Andrea, as a straight girl. Do you think that guys and girls can be just friends with
1: opposite sex? Yes. Okay. Been there, done that. Yes. I However, totally agree. Let me elaborate. The you know, <clears throat> in my own life, I've experienced this and you know, in studying this topic too, men and women have different relationships with each other than they do with their own sex. It's just the way it is, you know, I don't know if it's your chemistry or your gen, I mean, honestly, there's really no explanation for it. But the way that you interact with somebody of the opposite sex is generally different than the way you would interact with somebody of your own sex. Mm -hmm. So that said, there may be, you know, the conversation might flow differently. There might be flirty undertones, but by no means does that indicate that you cannot have a platonic friendship with somebody. Right. You know, do you, you know, as a gay man, do you, every man that you meet, are you automatically thinking, "Um, we're going to go have sex and I'm going to marry him?
0: Exactly. It's a very similar thing. And, And I think the dynamic, is really about the importance of setting boundaries. And the same thing mm-hmm. goes with same gender types of relationships. I I, I think the, the difficulty that I have with this particular um, listener's question is that the partner has done all of this type of, of stuff in secrecy.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, he's
0: been fraternizing with another person without telling his partner um, and so that definitely raises a lot of red flags for me about the intentions or, or what this relationship really means. I definitely think, you know, that that this person has gone about it in the right way. You know, he's approached his partner and said, hey, you know, can we all hang out together as as a, a trio? Let me get to know him. Because by doing that, it will reduce the the sense of threat or the insecurity that he may have that you know, there's something, you know, less than platonic going on with that particular friendship. So I think he's handling it in a right way, but I'm really concerned about the fact that he
1: has kept this, you know, very secret and that he seems- See, but what you're talking about here, I think you're getting on a slippery slope because, yes, he's approaching it this way, but... I mean, just the tone of the letter, it sounds to me like maybe this is the first friend that his partner has ever had. I mean, that's like he's never experienced this before. And, you know, I know that personally, I don't, you know, tell my boyfriend every single person I strike up a friendship with because I don't think to. You know, I don't think he's going to be jealous of this. Like, I, you know, so it may have just been an oversight. And, I don't blame his partner for being like that's kind of weird that you don't trust me enough to have a friend of the same sex without assuming that we're going to end up sleeping together, you know. I I think on one hand, yes, he has a right to be like, you know, at least let me like, you know, see how you guys interact, but on the other hand, it is a trust issue too and, you know, notice in at the later part of the letter he says he trusts him that he will not have an affair, but isn't it already an affair? I mean, that's exactly what he says. He's completely contradicting himself. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... I don't know. I think that would
0: be I, where you and I disagree, because I think that yeah. the the fact that you're in a relationship with somebody, I don't think that keeping secrets or, you know, I, I think that he this person should be comfortable enough to say, hey, I'm, you know, I developed a new friendship with somebody, hanging out with them. The fact that he kept everything completely, you know, secret is the thing that you know makes me a little bit uncomfortable. I definitely agree. I think people should be able to have their own individual friends as well as couple friends. I don't have any qualms about that. But I think the fact that it's not been, you know, talked about and shared about in a relationship where I think things should be of an open forum status, I think that that's just yeah.
1: For me, it's. Just I mean, bit, he does say that he creates. Stories to cover up the friendship, I mean that right there, not healthy right. I mean if you're not doing anything, why do you need to cover it up? I mean it'd exactly. be one thing to just not talk about it because it's not that big of a deal or there's nothing to talk about, but if you're making things up, I mean maybe he doesn't maybe this sounds maybe his partner doesn't trust him around his friend, I mean, maybe it's something like right. that we just I guess you don't glean enough information from this, but it just sound it to me it just sounds like there's a lot of trust issues. It sounds exactly. like there's sounds a lot really of hiding to. and yeah, it just sounds like there's not a lot of communication going on, right? At least honest communication, you know.
0: And my recommendation for this couple would be definitely to they need to sit down and they need to really hammer out what their needs are um to establish some boundaries in regards to um outside friendships, and just the, the level of openness that they you know, want to have in, in speaking with each other about things. So, yeah, this is a, a, a sticky one, but it really does boil Very. down to trust.
1: Yeah, it surely does. I think we have time okay. for one more. What you got there? All right. Um, I recently, excuse me, dear Dr. Brian, I recently met a man through a dating website. We have had two dates that went well. The conversation flows and bearing in mind that I have not been in a real relationship for a very long time, I feel comfortable with him. I hope this will progress into something. Now I'm at the stage where I want to be in contact with him and I feel uncertain about where it might go because I haven't heard from him. It's only been one day, but it feels much longer and I'm resisting the urge to call him because appearing pushy isn't attractive. I don't want to ruin things. Help. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Boy haven't we all been there <laughs> You meet somebody And you're just totally oh. Excited you think about them constantly You want to be with them But at the same time you also don't want to come on too strong I think this is a very Understandable normal
1: party, Oh
0: yeah The honeymoon phase of, of a relationship But um, And I, I agree with him He He needs to kind of pull back the reins a little bit And just make sure that he doesn't Push so hard because you want to keep that allure that that mystery that you want to pace this relationship at a in a way that's going to let it naturally evolve. Um what are your thoughts about that?
1: I mean, I think he's having newbie syndrome, you know, like he hasn't dated anybody in a long time. He finally finds somebody that he thinks, you know, oh, this could be a relationship and I think his brain is going from 0 to 60 and two seconds, you know, or in this case, one day, where, you know, is it, what's that rule? Like, there's a two-day, I mean, isn't there some standard two-day rule or something that you're not supposed to call? I mean, I don't really know about all but... <laughs> I think those but, are pooey,
0: to be honest, but... <laughs> yeah, I do, too.
1: But, you know, it's been a day, and, you know, people do get busy, and, yeah. you know, I'm sure if you've gone on two dates, that's a good sign, you right. know, it's probably means you're going to go on a third and he probably feels the same way about you that you do about him but Mm -hmm. you know you don't want to be pushy and you don't want to latch on too quickly because one it can increase your risk of getting hurt if the feelings aren't the same but you know that doesn't mean don't take a risk and two you know you don't want to scare him off and I absolutely am a proponent of do what you feel say what you feel exactly you know those who matter don't mind you know, quoting a little Dr. Seuss, but i it's very true. And, you know, probably what attracted to you to him is that he has the same type of energy about this relationship that you do. So if you're waiting around, I mean, why are you waiting around? Just call him yourself.
0: Exactly. And I think, too, if you meet somebody and you like them, like you were saying, you know, that don't get caught up in that whole, two, I, I shouldn't call within this many... If you like him, give him a call and just let him know, you know. But at the same time, you also do want to have some boundaries around the amount of contact. You don't want to become a stalker. So, but if you like him, let him know. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And I think to, um, I think you mentioned that there was uh, like an age gap between the two of them. There's absolutely nothing that, you know that stands in the way with that either. Potentially, I think that age is <clears throat> just a number. I think what it really boils down to is the um, the chemistry the philosophies of life that they share, the values, and the maturity level of the people involved. <clears throat> you can have somebody who's fifty and somebody who's twenty two but they can still get along quite well, especially if the twenty two year old is is mature <clears throat> now I want to preface too this is very different you know in in gay relationships there's there's some relationships that are considered um, daddy-son. What we're talking about here is very different. Daddy-son relationships are more predicated on the role that the people play, and I think these relationships tend to be a little bit more vulnerable because as time goes on, you know, both people are aging, and that can definitely impact the role of the age difference because that's that seems to be the... The allure for those types of relationships, but I think what we're describing here <clears throat> is completely different. It's really more about the maturity level of the players involved. So I definitely think that people with age differences can—they definitely can work. Um, there, there can be some generational differences sometimes, but those can be worked through, and those can also be, um, you know, added um, complements to the relationship to, you know, create more interest. What do you think about? age differences?
1: You know, I think it's fine. I, you know, I will say it sometimes disturbs me if I see something that's clearly amiss, you know, and I think you can kind of pick up on those relationships where it's not genuine. I mean, there's a big difference between people coming together over common interests and personality similarities and their chemistry or if, you know, they are fulfilling roles, you know, like, oh, I want to be taken care of right now so I'm going to search out somebody that fulfills that role for me and kind of just fulfills the daddy role for me and you know like you were saying their ages will change and I really feel like if you know like let's say the younger person in one of these relationships you know they age 10 years 15 years suddenly they're going to become the ones that are being sought out for you know, these caretaker roles, whereas mm-hmm. in the past, they were the ones looking for that, you know, right. so I think that with age, your role expectations are going to change, and that's why it's important to search for chemistry and not what somebody seems like they can offer you at the time, because that will always change, but, yep. you know, your chemistry is that one thing that doesn't change.
0: Yep, there's a, there's, you know, and, and just to reinforce that, there's a really big difference between those relationships that are daddy son, where that is the specific sole purpose, you know, for being with somebody, versus the fact that there's just, you know, kind of a natural attraction for that person, as opposed to the role or specific age that they are. So I think that's that's a really big difference. So, well, thank you for your thoughts on that. I think we're 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 at the end here. We're, this is that's a wrap.
1: <laughs> that was a fast one. <laughs> it sure was. These ghosts. It was over. all that fantasy discussion. I know, had. right? <laughs> Still thinking about
0: the baseball team. <laughs> so distracting. Well, we all know you're going to be thinking about that all day. So. Let's <laughs> well, be well, Andrea, thank you so much again for for joining me. And um, I sure. hope you have a great day and enjoy your your li- your little son over there.
1: <laughs> well, do. It's finally spring out, so I think we're going to go enjoy that today. <laughs> Yay! That sounds awesome. Yay. Well, thank you so much,
0: right, Andrea. Take so care. Much. Okay, bye. I'd like to thank Andrea once again for joining me, and I'd also like to give a shout out to all the guests that I had on the show this whole past year, and to those of you that wrote in with advice column letters. I very much appreciated your participation and you know your support and just kind of being along on the ride with me on this adventure that I've had with this show. So, th- you know, thank you very much. I'm very very grateful. And I also wanted to thank you, my listeners, for you know, allowing me into your headsets. <laughs> and for, you know, kind of letting me have a forum and a platform to be able to speak about something that I'm very, very passionate about. So I want to thank you very much for that. You're, you're totally the best. And I also wanted to just let you know that while the show may be ending, this is not goodbye. You can still find me at my website, which is thegaylovecoach.com, and I have all sorts of things brewing up there. I'm in the midst of developing an online course on gay dating and relationships, and I'm also, you know, creating some teleclasses along the way, and I'm always adding content to my blog and advice column sections on the site, so please don't forget to check that out. And don't forget to join the mailing list at the website, too, so that you can be a part of my community and receive a free newsletter. And you can also find me I'm on social media at Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and I'm also at datingadvice.com, where I'm the lead columnist in the gay dating section. If you ever need to reach me, you can contact me at brian at the And also, you can find the entire Gay Love Coach radio show series on my website, at webtalkradio.net and iTunes. So thank you so much for, you know, being here with me once again. I want to wish you all the best and much success in your dating lives and relationships. You take good care of yourselves.